is Karma Calling, and you better wake the f*** up. What's up, you guys? My name is Lauren, and I am your host to Karma is Calling, a space where we're all going to become more conscious together. We're going to reconnect our mind, body, and soul using spirituality, astrology, my clinical mental health training, so that we can live a more aligned life, a more fulfilled life. So today on this episode, I really want to break down how I got into mental health, how I got into astrology, and really how I use spirituality and my own spiritual awakening process to find purpose again in life and to help other people do this every single day. So the first half of the episode, I'll give you a little bit of background on me. In the middle, the juicy parts, we're going to talk about what mental health is, what spirituality is. And at the end, I will pull up a birth chart so you have a little bit more insight into what astrology truly is from an astrologer's perspective. There's a lot of like mainstream pop astrology stereotypes out there that I'm really here to break. I want us to look at astrology as a self-growth tool and see the magic in the stars and not be haters of the stars. So I'm really excited and let's dive on in. So just like most therapists, everyone kind of has a story of why they got into mental health, whether it's a personal experience with mental health or they witnessed it. And for me, it was really because of my family. I have a lot of mental health issues on my mom's side, on my dad's side, and it really manifested within my brothers. My oldest brother was more on the depressed side and my middle brother, also my oldest brother, was more of an anxious person. So my brother had really high anxiety and what we know in America is because anger is more socially acceptable for males, men tend to externalize their anxiety into anger and that's how it manifests and women tend to internalize their anxiety and this can create high achieving perfectionist personalities type A, which is exactly how I absorbed my anxiety growing up, which is for an episode for another time. Um, but yeah, my brother, it really manifested in anger. And what happened was because he had so much emotion, he has three planets in Scorpio. And if you know anything about the Zodiac Wheel, you know, Scorpios have a lot of emotion, but they also have a stinger, right? You don't want to cross a Scorpio. So growing up, he was emotional. He would lash out. Kids are mean. They bullied. And so he got this really hard exterior on the outside and anger was his go-to. Well, my parents did not know what to do. And at this point, mental health was not even really in society, wasn't normalized yet. And so they felt like failures of their parents. And I had a lot of sadness for them. I watched them be very hopeless. I watched them be very helpless of not knowing what to do, but loving our family so much, trying all the things, even if they weren't very helpful. And then I also witnessed my brother in so much pain. And I had a lot of guilt for him as much as I really did not like him at times. I felt really bad because I didn't understand how at 13 years old, someone wouldn't want to live. And that led us all into family therapy. And the thing with family therapy that I came to learn through my own schooling is just because one person in the family is acting at the emotional current of the family out, it doesn't mean that it's their fault. And I think it's really easy for families to blame one person, the person that's acting it out, the problem child per se, but really it's the whole system. And that's why if parents want their children to change per se, they also have to change. Everyone needs to do the inner work. And so we all went to family therapy and I just remember this day so clearly in my mind. It was a dim office. It was cold. The therapist was in the suit. 
and had no emotions, I feel like. And I was like, well, no wonder my brother doesn't want to come talk to this dude. And that day I left the office saying, I'm going to be a mental health therapist and I'm going to work with families like mine. Super fucking lucky that at 12, I knew what I was going to do and it never really changed. I always was that caretaker of the friends, the therapist. People just would naturally open up to me and that's how I knew this really was my calling. So I went to Oregon State University, <laughs> go Beavs, baby, uh, and I studied human development and family science, which is interesting now because astrology actually mirrors psychology really well. Eric Erickson's stages of development, a theory that I learned in my undergrad and my grad program, actually is parallel with the planets. So it's really cool, and I'm going to share more on that later, but it really just felt like it was destined to do human development and family science because I got to study every single development of the human. And within Oregon State, I left home. I was living on campus, and I really got to see America for the first time, right? Colleges are a melting pot of different cultures, different personalities all coming together. And it really got me out of a very conservative environment. I grew up in a high school that was very privileged. We all looked the same. We all acted the same, right? I was very sheltered and ignorant to what was actually happening in the society that I grew up in. And of course, realizing that, wow, I was really programmed to believe what my parents told me to believe, not what I actually believe. And so college was a really big life awakening for me. So I ultimately ended up choosing to go to Portland State University and the social work program. And why I chose social work was I always wanted to be in a social justice perspective because I knew that it wasn't just the person that was struggling. The person is struggling because of the environment. The person is struggling because of the culture, the identities, the socioeconomic, right? We have to look at the person within their system within their community, within the society, as well as what's going on with them. we got to think macro to meza all the way to micro. And social work does a really good job of looking at the person holistically, not just individually. And so in this program, I really got to learn of all the injustices. And the criminal justice system was actually my passion. And so I worked with juveniles justice system and I was the therapist when they were in their detention centers. And I also went into private practice for family and children. So I had a really broad perspective of the human experience. And in undergrad, I worked with people at the Oregon State Penitentiary that was in for life. And through these different experiences, what I learned was ultimately humans at their core want connection and they want love all the way from the kids who are very well off. They just wanted love from their parents to the kids that were in gangs. They just wanted love. They wanted community to my clients now that are adults who are extremely depressed, but they have no outlet. They have no human connection besides me. They feel depleted, right? We as souls are meant to connect with one another. And we're going to get to this later. I ultimately believe it's because we are all source energy. We are all spirit. And so when we get to connect with people that energetically feel good, we kind of get reminded of how fucking badass we all are. And so that really got me thinking just of the human existence. How can I validate the human that something's not wrong with them? 
they're just in this experience that maybe the odds are stacked against them. And how can I help them understand that? That's why I went into social work. Okay. While I'm in the social work program, I had to go to therapy to really unpack my own shit, right? To be a good therapist, you got to sit on the other side of the chair. You need to know what it feels like. And you also need to work through your own stuff. So you're not being triggered or projecting your own shit on your client. And I found a therapist that was in the spiritual community because that's really what I was being pulled towards at the time of my life. And she said, would you want to get your birth chart read? And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm an Aquarius. I love weird shit. I love spirituality. Let's do it. So she set me up with an astrologer and she sat in on it. And I felt like I literally wrote a diary out of my life and I gave it to this astrologer. I remember just thinking, how does she know all of this about me? She told me about my insecurities. She told me about my family. She told me about why I wanted to be a therapist at such a young age. It was mind blowing. And what it did for me in therapy was it cut through the bullshit, right? I didn't have to sit here and feel awkward about talking about my mom or the shame or the guilt about my brother. It really was all there. And I got to build off of it because in a way astrology was externalizing my stuff. So there made a little bit of distance between my ego, me, and the stuff I've gone through. And I really found that to help treatment go quicker and also be more fulfilling and effective. And so after that astrology reading, I said, I'm going to be a damn astrologer. And so it was really cool because as I was in my master's program, I also started studying astrology and I got to see the parallels in both of these experiences. And if you know anything about therapy, internal family systems is exactly how I use astrology. I use the planets as part of our psyches, part of our energy, and how do we use them as strengths and how do they come through as weaknesses at time or challenges, I should say, not weaknesses. And then we get to build off your strengths, knowing your own energy. Now, to be honest, learning astrology was the apex of my spiritual awakening journey because I had to look in the fucking mirror. I had to see my insecurities. I did a really good job throughout my life with my defense mechanisms, being the perfect person, having a perfect image of myself, never failing, working extremely hard, having a good work ethic, right? But it was really me detaching from a lot of my shit and just avoiding it. And this is where I think therapy can work wonders on people. How I see mental health is when our ego, the part of our brain that is really here to help us survive, to warn us when we have threats in our environment, to focus on the self as well. The ego is every time you say, I, 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 I. that's the ego talking. So we're going to break it down from a psychological perspective first, and then we'll break it down from a spiritual perspective, similar, but different. And so what your ego does is at such a young age, it starts building defense mechanisms so that you can get through life without living in despair, so that you can survive your traumas that you experience. And when I talk about traumas, everyone has gone through trauma, whether it's a big T like divorce medical issues, a car accident, or little T's, little experiences that made you feel unsafe throughout your life, whether emotionally, mentally, or physically. You know, a trauma could be getting in a massive fight with your parents and really feeling like they don't love you anymore or they're mad at you and now you feel like a bad kid. That is a little trauma. 
And sometimes we don't give ourselves credit or we compare our trauma to other people's trauma and we don't allow ourselves to transmute that pain because we block it or we have guilt around it or we shame ourselves for it. And so what the ego does is it makes amazing defense mechanisms because at those moments in times when you're two years old and you needed to suppress that memory or you needed to blame someone else for getting in trouble, it worked. But if that same defense mechanism was reinforced over and over and over again in your psyche because the neurons that fire together stay together, at 22 years old, you don't need the same defense mechanism as when you were two. In therapy, you could go very left brain. You can intellectualize, this happened to me, and now I can understand my thoughts around this. I can understand my behaviors around this. We now are definitely progressing the more we've learned about trauma, but trauma's only been around really being researched since like the 80s. We now know that emotions and trauma are actually stored in the body. So it's great to have insight left brain, but we also have to process that emotion right brain. We have to feel that experience, which is where emotions come in because that's in your physical body emotions. What we do in therapy is we're able to start working that energy out of your body. This is where somatic work, EMDR, energy hearing, healing, cleansing, acupuncture really comes into play where Eastern and Western meet really beautifully. Now that we intellectually know you had a trauma, where is it stored in your body? Okay. Is it stored in your heart? Well, let's move this energy. Let's give some peace and love into your heart. And I know this sounds woo, but this is how you heal. Let's heal that part of yourself that aches inside of your heart. And so I want you to think about every time you have a thought, you have a chemical reaction. That thought then triggers an emotion in your body, which is another chemical reaction, which turns into an emotion. So you're feeling anxious in your body, right? You're just kind of jittery. And then your mind goes, oh, why am I feeling jittery? I have to make up a scenario. And so then we start making all of these narratives of why we're anxious. Oh, I can't trust this person. I'm going to fail this test. I'm not good at this. But really, that emotion that was in your body might be stored there from childhood that got so reinforced in your body that that is just your natural state and you felt it for a few seconds. And the mind is off to the races. And I want you to remember that the mind will lie to you. Your body does not. And so that's why sometimes intellectualizing your trauma only gets you so far because really your body's in control because you got stuck in the mind-body loop. And to go even deeper into this, when you have complex PTSD, which is just when you lived in an environment that there was a lot of trauma, whether it's emotional neglect, physical abuse, any type of trauma that happened repeatedly, your body gets stuck in fight or flight, right? If the ego is meant to protect you, it's telling you this is dangerous, fight or flight. What fight or flight does is it sends cortisol and adrenaline through your body. These are hormones. And it's trying to get you out of this experience. This is what our bodies would do when we were hunter and gatherers and we saw a bear in the woods. We needed to know when to run and we needed to know when to fight. Well, we don't have a constant living threat for most of us anymore, but we will still have emotional threat. And so when your parents are abusing you and you can't get out of that environment, you had to learn to ignore those fight or flights. And that's often when we went into freeze mode. And pretty soon your body was just so used to pumping out cortisol and adrenaline, you're now stuck there. You're hyper aroused. Well, and that's your nervous system. 
some nervous systems get so tapped out, you become hypo aroused. And this is where you don't have feelings. You disconnect yourself from your body because the pain was too big and you feel sluggish and you sleep a lot and you have no energy. You have no feelings, right? So you're either hyper, very, very anxious or hypo. And this is really a result from trauma. And so in therapy, we really can tackle that. Now, I mentioned physical health, I believe. And so really you can't have healthy mental health without healthy physical health because as I was mentioning, hormones are emotions and neurotransmitters in the brain. So I want you to think about hormones as almost like the software of your body. If your hormones are off due to being in a state of stress for a significant amount of your life, then you are going to struggle with mental health because literally inside of your body is off, which is why medications can at times help. And this is also why mental health medica- medications don't always help, especially when it's trauma and it's not something that you were born with and there's not an actual chemical imbalance in a way. And so what happens is if we're not eating foods that help us naturally regulate ourselves, if we're not eating things that naturally clean out toxins of our body, that's all growing. And so our body isn't getting the nutrients to form happy chemicals within us. If we're not exercising, we're not making enough natural dopamine and serotonin. If we're not eating healthy, we're not getting enough stuff to really clean out toxic metals, things like that. Like cilantro, right? It cleans out your body, toxic metals inside of us. And so what's happening is the food that we are getting in our bodies are actually producing more hormonal issues because we're eating things with hormones like meat, or we're eating a lot of carbohydrates, which can create our blood sugars to spike, which can really impact your hormones. Like this is a whole system within our bodies. So really we are what we eat. Really that saying our body is a temple, low key it is. The physical health is your first line of defense. And right now in America, at least, most of our food is stripped of what we need because it's processed or there's pesticides. And I'm going to have people on this podcast to really go into hormones because I'm not a specialist. I just know that they really do impact our mental health. And then we can go one step forward into the minerals as well. When we're putting in like aluminum deodorant, things like that, aluminum is really bad for you and the minerals impact our hormones too. And before I get into the weeds here, I'm going to stop. But you just see how physical health really does impact our mental health, which goes back to Chinese medicine, right? There's a belief that every emotion is stored in an organ. And that's why when you go through extensive trauma, it's not uncommon to have medical issues later. It's not uncommon to have huge gut issues because guess what? Anxiety really lives in the gut, our stomach. Again, we're going to do a whole episode on that. So basically, I just want you to take away physical health is just as important as mental health. Mental health is the mindfulness to understand, oh, my ego is present. That defense mechanism came through. What's being triggered? Because ultimately, the defense mechanisms are only in place to protect the soul. And this is where now we can loop in spirituality into mental health treatment. And this is the crux of it all, you guys. I swear to God, the clients who have a spiritual practice make 
so much more peace with themselves. They feel so much more free than the clients that don't. And when I talk about a spiritual practice, it is a belief that you hold that you are here for a reason. It can be a very individualistic belief. It can be, I am here to live and be a part of the nature cycle. It can be, I am a soul on a journey. Now, for me personally, my spiritual belief is I am a soul on a damn journey and this lifetime is a blimp of my timeline. And I believe we come down to earth to learn. We have a pleasure of coming down to earth, but Loki, we also have the curse of coming down to earth because earth is fucking hard, right? Earth is matter. Earth is 3D. We can feel things. There's tangible. So I want you to think about that. Earth is heavy. Earth is matter. Well, what else do we feel? We feel emotions. We have a physical body. That's what makes earth cool, that we can reincarnate into the physical experience and we can feel the feels. But that's also what makes earth so hard because not only are we getting to experience the pleasures of life, we're also having to experience the pains of life. But the pains, the low vibes, the low energy through life is really what gets us to the higher. It's that journey of the lesson and the learning. And that's why I really love doing mental health treatment is we get to take these experiences that were fucking hard in the human experience, in the human perception of the ego. They were hard. But then when you find out your soul is here for a reason, and that really hard experience led you to where you are now that's leading you into your passion, it's kind of mind-blowing to see, wow, I can survive hard things and they're only going to lead me into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing until I feel so connected to myself. But what happens is because so many of us are disconnected from any spiritual belief, when hard things happen, we fall victim. When hard things happen, the ego says it's your fault. The ego says, um, I'm the victim. I have bad luck. God hates me instead of realizing that there's a lesson. So spirituality can really reground us into the part of ourselves that is the soul. Now, from a spiritual perspective, the ego is really why we are down here. The ego is the biggest lesson in life because the ego in the spiritual belief system is the part of us that separate us from one another. It's the part of us that says, I am me and you are you. And I can look at you and say, you're different. But ultimately, if spiritual texts are correct, we all came from one source, one consciousness. We can call it God. We can call it consciousness. We can call it a ball of fucking energy. We all were fragmented from this piece and created a soul. And so really, if we are all the same, and this is where I get real woo-woo, guys, if we're all the same, our souls, we are all a lot more similar than different, but the ego is going to say we're different. The ego is going to blame one another. The ego is going to attack another one another because the lesson is, no, 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 let's have compassion and let's have a love for one another, even in the darkest of times, even in the hardest of times. And that's when we see beauty and that's what will change the world. And so like the Bible, I really believe it is a text telling us how do we transcend the ego, right? Jesus, Joshua, who walked to the earth, never had an ego, right? He was able to be in that Christ consciousness and believe that I, he had a higher purpose. And he really was trying to tell us how to get there, how to be kind to one another, how to be selfless, how to understand we're all the same, not different. And we live in a really programmed society that 
programs us all the time that we're different. We're different from race. We're different from socioeconomic. We're different from gender. All of the societal programming that has been placed on us is very real to the ego because the ego is created from a bunch of experiences that it's experienced and been told. And then it creates a perception and an identity of who we all individually are. And we live that through. But the soul has no fucking identity. The soul is just energy and it's gone through shit and it's here to learn shit and it's in the school of life. And when you realize that life gets a little less hard because there's a deeper meaning to everything you go through, like I was saying, right? And you can kind of laugh a little bit of like, oh, here we fucking go again. Because what I've learned through some of the hardest times of my life is that when you're going through a really dark night or you are hitting rock bottom, that is when the biggest manifestation is coming. That is when the spiritual awakening process is actually starting. Because in the beginning of your spiritual awakening process, you see magic. You think it's so cool. You want to do tarot. You want to learn astrology. You're like, let me learn, 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 learn. And that's just the ego identifying with another identity. I'm spiritual. But when you hit rock bottom and you have to actually embody all of those practices or else you just want to give up on life or you'll fall victim and just be depressed or anxious, that is the moment you're truly going through a spiritual awakening process. And that is why I'm here now talking to you guys. When I hit rock bottom, when I finally hit that victim mode and I didn't want to be like that anymore, I had to learn how to find my higher self, how to find my soul and connect me to my higher purpose, which led me into astrology. All right. So before I close out today, I really just want to pull up a birth chart for you guys. So you know really what astrology is. And as I pull this up, if you're watching it via the video, I'll ex you'll see it. And if not, I'll just be explaining it to you. How I see astrology really is it's a reflection of what is going on in the sky, right? So everything in this world is mirrored. So the planets are all talking to one another. They're big balls of energy. They're chatting. They're hanging out. And that energy going on up there, whether it's clashing or it's supportive, is getting mirrored down here. And whether you're conscious to it or not, we're absorbing that energy. And a lot of people aren't conscious to it. So they project that energy outwardly. So if there's high conflict in the planets and you're feeling that frequency, you might then go project that out on your partner or something like that. Um, now that's kind of how transits can be involved. It's all just a mirroring effect, but your soul said, Hey, I want to come down to earth and I want a specific experience. I want a specific energy to get to why I meant to be here. And that's where our natal birth chart comes into play. Now our natal birth chart is literally fixed. It's never going to change, but we have other charts like our progress chart that changes um, our solar return chart, that's a year ahead, right? So in astrology, there's actually a lot of charts we can dissect. So if you're watching it virtually, you're now seeing my charts. This is my birth chart. And my soul needed to come down and be born at 9.49 p.m. because they really wanted me, it really wanted me to be a Libra rising at 13 degrees. And why I went there first was the time of birth is important. That's what starts the chart. It's your rising sign. It's your ascendant. It is where the sun was on the horizon when you were born. And so for me, my rising sign is Libra. Your rising sign is going to be the aura that you embody in a way. It's the energy that people are going to perceive you. It's like the foyer of your life. You let people step in, look around. That's the energy they're going to see, that rising sign energy, okay? Now, 
as you can see, I have all 12 signs of the zodiac wheel. Everyone does. But everyone's going to have a different rising sign. Then we all have 12 houses, okay? I want you to think about the houses. They're the little slices, kind of like a pizza pie. Someone said that to me the other day. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Um, and the houses are where energy is. So the first house is the house of self. The fourth house is the house of home and your emotions. The seventh house is committed relationship, enemies, business partners, other people, right? So every house has like a theme. Well, then every house is going to be ruled by a sign because we have all 12 signs and there's 12 houses. And these are going to be the frequency, how energy is going to be expressed. And then the planets are going to be within those houses. Okay. Those are the little symbols within it. And that's going to be what's being expressed. And that's what makes us all super unique. We're going to have a planet that has a specific frequency that's in a specific sign that's going to have a specific frequency in a specific house that's going to be expressed in a specific area of our life. And then you get really technical and there's aspects. Planets are talking to planets and that's what these lines are. The red lines are challenging energies that have come down to embody and learn and grow from. And then the blue lines are my strengths that I'm going to lean upon to get to my destiny. And then we can go even deeper. And this is why really astrology or getting your birth chart read by an astrologer can give you so much insight as if you don't have any planets, in a house, that's totally okay. You look to the planet that rules that sign because every planet rules a sign. So for me, I have nothing in my eighth house, but I have Venus in my fourth house of home and Venus rules Taurus. That's technical. I'm not going to get in the weeds for this. That's going to be another episode. But basically, this gives me a roadmap into what my soul wants to embody in this lifetime. What do I want my strengths to be? What are my weaknesses? And how can I learn to grow those in a way? Now, like I said, Every time we have a thought, right? It's a chemical reaction, emotions, chemical reaction. I want you to think about the birth chart in the same way. Every sign, every aspect, every planet's going to have a high frequency and they're all going to have a low frequency. So I am a cancer moon. In astrology, your moon sign is your subconscious. Personally, I believe our moon sign can give us way more information than about ourselves and our sun sign, but that's just me. And... Your subconscious is how you're going to respond emotionally to the world because your emotions are stored in your subconscious, which is 95% of our reality, which is wild, right? So for me, my subconscious is ruled by cancer and the frequency and the energy of cancer is very emotional. Now, in its highest expression, when it's so empowered, I am highly intuitive of other people's emotional needs. I am highly intuitive of my own emotional needs. I can be in so much self-care. I can nurture myself and others. But in the low vibration of this energy, I can be the victim. I can be the martyr. And I could give and give and give and be like, I give to everyone and no one gives back to me. And I can fall victim, right? That is what I have to learn. Oop, I'm playing the low vibe. Let me take care of myself and get in the high vibe. Well, every single sign does that. Every single planet does that. And so we can use astrology to learn how we can stay more empowered in times of struggle, right? So what I do is I really cast someone's chart and it tells me what they might struggle with from the low vibration and really what there might be empowered. What are their strengths? And let's just talk about the big three. Your rising sign is your biggest strength in life. That is going to be how you rise above to your sun sign, what you're supposed to be known for. How are you going to shine the brightest? And so your sun sign is the ego, but it's also your spirit. 
See how that works there, right? When you transcend that ego, you are shining as bright, just like the sun, your life force as you can. And that's what you're going to be known for. That's what you're going to attract people in for. Mine's Aquarius, right? I'm going to be known for being a little bit out there. I'm going to be it's in the fifth house of leadership, of creativity, right? I'm supposed to be on a podcast talking about spirituality. It just makes sense. Now you can layer it with your moon. If that's your subconscious, what's going to emotionally fulfill me? Nurturing others, taking care of others. It's in my 10th house. It's what I'm going to be known for. 10th house is what you're known for, your roles you take on. It's also your career typically, right? So it makes sense of why I wanted to be a therapist. And so really I can break all this energy down for someone and they can almost reawaken to what their soul's purpose was or is. And they don't have to feel guilty for really wanting to be a fashion designer, or they don't have to feel guilty for being in an industry that is very technical and no emotion and they feel like they're supposed to be giving back, but maybe their chart says, use that, use the tech, whatever it is, right? Um, so that's a way I use astrology to empower you to find your own energy again, to validate yourself and to live out your highest purpose. And so when you realize your soul has a mission, your soul has a goal, we can then use transits of how the energy is impacting you specifically because the planets are going to pull the energy within you. They're going to create faded events and challenges so that you can grow and ultimately get to your purpose. So it's a really cool tool to use in sessions. When someone comes to me and says, I am so angry today, I can cast their chart and say, Hey, Mars, the planet of anger is on your moon. That means we're supposed to be really looking at anger today in your subconscious. What's stored there from childhood? Let's get into it. Or it can say, hey, I noticed that in your birth chart, your mom didn't show up for you. Let's talk about that. And the client can say, oh my God, I really felt that. Or actually, this is how it happened. I'd be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. She was sick. That's why she didn't show up for you. And you can see that your soul actually wrote that you wanted to experience some form of that in your reality. We just never know how it's going to manifest. Now, the last thing I'm going to say is if you're listening to this and you're like, you're spiritual bypassing, that's toxic positivity, toxic spirituality, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we can use astrology to validate yourself and see how your karma kind of manifested. Now, I firmly believe that when we're children, when we're innocent, we did not say, I'm going to be abused in my lifetime. What happened was we might have chosen parents or people in our life to have soul contracts with that we were going to struggle with. And they were supposed to teach us a lesson, but they got so caught up in their karma and they didn't heal and didn't do the work that they caught you up in their karma, right? And so that's why it's so crucial to do your healing work as an adult so that you don't inflict more karma on other people. And that's what I'm seeing in this world is we're all stuck in these karmic loops of the ego, re-traumatizing each other, projecting on each other, harming each other, and it's heavy. And so the more people can heal, even if it's just you, the more you can heal, that's going to ripple to humanity, which kind of goes back to the Buddhist saying of we're all a drop in the ocean that creates the larger ocean. All of the work matters. So in the episodes to come, I'm going to break down astrology so much more. This was just high level breakdown of how I use charts in 
sessions, how I use spirituality as a core value rooted in my sessions, and why mental health and physical health are so important. And through these episodes, I'm going to break down these topics further and have other experts on here to really provide that insight and that wisdom for you to then take so you can live your life more consciously. Thank you so much for listening. I feel so blessed to be on here. This is going to be a journey of awakening together. Please like and share and subscribe. Send it to a friend that is going through their spiritual journey, maybe in the rock bottom right now, and let them know that there will be an end and there is a purpose in it. Again, thank you so much. And I'm excited to hear from all you guys. And I'll see you next time. To get in touch with me, you can head over to thelunarchild.com and book any astrology or therapy sessions. I'm also on TikTok and Instagram, The Lunar Child, if you want to dive into daily astrology transits, everything you need to know about your birth chart, and some health and wellness goodies. Special thank you to Grace Ritter for all the sound editing and engineering, and I will see you all next time.